When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPN 2. Listen to us on all the great ESPN stations across the country. Series XM80 and the ESPN app. Along with Michelle Smallman, she's got her Will Levis old school throwback Houston Oilers jersey on today. And the mayo ready to go. Which means, are you going to do the coffee and mayo, Will Levis, four touchdown style? I'll do it. I'll try it. Really? I'll try it. Okay. Well, then we're going to have to have I'll the, do it. Why the not? coffee and mayo later in the show. She's, out there, she's out there on that branch by herself, brother. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you what I ain't going to do, Smalls. But you know what? Maybe then <laughs> I'll up? have the best show of my life. Like, there Will you, Levis getting his debut. There you go. I love it. I, lo- I love the energy. The energy you know is awesome. Saying? The Look at you. You're already in costume. It's not even Halloween. We got another costume. It's, it's you more got of an homage, not a costume. Oh, more, yeah. more of an you know homage? I mean? Okay. More of an homage. Okay. Got the costume on deck for tomorrow, though, right? I do. Okay. I, I'm kind of still trying to piece together what I'm going to do because I I thought we were going to do a group thing, but now everyone's gone solo. So I'm just trying to make sure that I'm matching the level that you guys are bringing. Okay, so here's the question, CC. What's up? So you we, we thought initially for Halloween tomorrow we were going to go group thing. Then you yeah. came in one day and you're like, oh, no, my wife and I got something. We had a part. We had to get something together. Yeah. Like it had to make the move. I had to get it, whatever it is. So then I thought Michelle already got something. Yeah. So I went yesterday and bought something myself. But now she doesn't actually have anything. So what, this is not a costume. This is her outfit for today. No, this okay. is just my shirt. This is okay. my dad's shirt that I stole. But, you, but you will have a costume for tomorrow. Though. Oh, 100%. Do you want so that means you to... have to double down on what you just got this weekend. Well, do you want her to try to pair with me or do you want her to do it? No, let's all do our own okay, thing because so I, can't, I can't match you You two. Right. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. you got. So no, we're exactly. Exactly. Costume's right. a secret, exactly. too. We don't yeah. know what's easy. No, but well, listen, I had limited options. I'm 6'8, 350 pounds. So that's more so why we didn't do the group thing. Not that I didn't want to be a part of the team, it's because I'm probably not going to be able to find an outfit that would match the outfit that you guys got for the group. I'm just putting it out there. What's interesting, the thing that I bought says one size fits all. I would guarantee it does not fit Guarantee you. Guarantee no. It does not fit me. No. Yeah, no, you're no, not no. considered old no. is what you're saying. No, no, not going to work for me. Nope. No. Nope. Okay. All right, no, no. it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, and you could be a part of the show at 888-SAY-ESPN and the Dr. Pepper call-in line. If you want to give us crap about Brock Purdy, you can. We'll deal with it today. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not just college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper the ones fans deserve. Yes, I did not think that Brock Purdy was going to play. I thought the league would hold him out as they've held out every single other player in concussion protocol. And uh, yeah, he played yesterday and what we deemed to be going in the game of the day and coming out, it certainly had a massive storyline coming out of it. Well, two of them at least. San Francisco, three-game losing streak. Cincinnati may be back. 31-17, Cincy beat San Francisco yesterday. And now we are worried about the Brock Purdy fan club. Or are we not? No, we're worried about it. And we need to be worried about the championship window for the 49ers because I think it's closed. 
The excuses are going to start coming out of the woodwork now for people that are Brock Purdy supporters, and everybody is going to point to Trent Williams being out, Debo Samuel being out. This offense isn't the same. This team isn't the same because Brock doesn't have a full complement of weapons, full complement of the supporting cast on the offensive side of the ball. And my point is this. If it takes everybody being 100% healthy in order to compete and win a championship, then you don't have very long with this current core of players to be able to get that job done. Remember, we talked about it. Trent Williams is 35 years old. 35! He's 35 years old. How much longer does he have playing at an all-pro level? And how much longer does he have being available for the majority of the games? A significant question. Debo Samuel has played one full season over the last four years. This guy stays banged up. So it's not as if these guys aren't good players. But these guys, for whatever reason, aren't available to give you top-of-the-market production that goes along with the the top-of-the-market price tag that their contract has. So I guess my biggest question is, what are the San Francisco 49ers and how long do they have to win a championship with this current core of players? After seeing what happened yesterday and seeing what's happened over the last three weeks, I just feel like the window on this team is sunsetting right before our eyes, and if they don't get it done this year, I don't know that they're going to get it done with this current core of players. Yeah, you've been on that, CC, about the sense of urgency that the 49ers need to feel this season. And I know it's Halloween, but it's almost like they're wearing a costume. This doesn't feel like the team that we saw a month ago with the 49ers. And we had questions about Brock Purdy coming into this game, and over the past three weeks, he hasn't looked like the guy that we started a fan club for, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. So he didn't throw an interception in the first three weeks. He's thrown five in the past three games, including four in opposing territory. And I know that they are dealing with some pretty significant injuries, but in addition to Brock Purdy's play deteri- deteriorating a little bit, guys, I'm kind of surprised with what we're seeing out of San Francisco's defense because they had been so strong, and we are not seeing the same version of them as well. Yeah, I I am nervous right now with Purdy because I think everybody's going to be going against him right now. And us on the Brock Purdy fan club, the whole thing was that he's efficient, he's smart, he doesn't make bad mistakes. Yeah, you can't say that over the last couple of weeks. And and there was a play yesterday, we just showed it on ESPN2, where it was a broken play and he was rolling out to the right on an RPO, run pass option, that he was caught in no man's land, didn't really know what to do, threw a bad interception, and he tried to pitch it on a shovel and just was totally discombobulated. And that's the kind of play in the past that he would just know to either get the ball to the proper receiver or just throw the ball away. And he's making the mistakes that the thing that you like the most about him, his decision-making, is off right now. No, that was a hell of a play by Jermaine Pratt, too, from the Cincinnati Bengals, their linebacker. But here's the thing. It wasn't as if it was a bad decision. It was just a bad throw. Well, however you want to look at it, it If he gets it over Jermaine Pratt, that's a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, those are the things that Brock Purdy was doing at a high level prior to the last three games. But now we're starting to see him struggle a little bit. And maybe that's a product of him pressing, not to mention having the guys out of the lineup. Like, he's got players that are missing. Maybe he thinks he's got to do more. But I don't think it's a coincidence that we're seeing this guy have six turnovers over the last three weeks. All six of those turnovers came with his team tied or trailing in the game. So I do think it actually matters in terms of time and score and Brock Purdy potentially trying to do something that's outside of the structure of the offense, outside of what Kyle Shanahan dials up from an X's and O's standpoint. Now, maybe could you, could you brush it off as growing pains? I guess. But now when we start looking at the stakes for this team, they're not in first place in the NFC West right now. Mm-hmm. They're in second. They're behind the Seattle Seahawks who had a nice win against the Cleveland Browns yesterday. So there has to be a heightened level 
of urgency with the San Francisco 49ers, not only trying to get guys back healthy, but actually executing and playing cleaner football games. To me, the game wasn't decided until the end of the third and early fourth quarter. And you're talking about back-to-back interceptions for San Francisco and sandwiched in between that was the knockout blow, a 17-yard pitching catch from Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. So when you give a good team those types of opportunities, when you take points off the board by having red zone turnovers, you make yourself easy to beat. And, and and Brock Purdy, as a starter in the regular season for the majority of the games that we've seen him, has been a part of making the San Francisco 49ers hard to beat because they don't have the self-inflicted wounds. I, I, I don't know what this team does, where they go, but I will say the bye week comes at a good time for them, have a chance to push the reset button, take a step back, and maybe they get guys back healthy. But more importantly, they get focused on playing fundamentally sound football, which is not something they've done over the last month. Let's hear from their head coach, Kyle Shanahan, on Brock Purdy's performance yesterday. Made some bad picks there at the end. Thought he was one of the reasons we were in the game today. Some of those throws he made out there were unbelievable. A mistake in the red zone, missing the handoff was the biggest part. And then once you do that, you got to... You can't throw it, you're going to get the penalty, but on worse that he got the pick. Uh, he was aggressive, thought the mic was going to pass on that second pick, and the mic fell off right with Juwan, so um, just got to see it. Now, obviously, trade deadline is Tuesday. By week, do they have the answers in-house, Kyle Shanahan? Some people do go on these losing streaks, and they don't have those answers, and you're just living in hope. I truly believe we do have the answers. I believe we got them on our team. I believe we got them with our staff. And uh, we got to sit here and wait about 14 days to deal with this feeling that we have, which nobody wants, but I think we need to. I think our guys need to be pissed off a little bit. I think we need to come back with a little better focus because it, ha- it hasn't been enough and we haven't been getting it done. Their stud linebacker is Fred Warner, and he was asked after the game as to whether or not Brock Purdy should even have been playing the last couple of weeks. You want me to say no? I mean, come on now, like... The thing is, is the quarterback is always going to receive the blend, like the the brunt of the the criticism. But Brock is like the least of my worries. Brock is made of the right stuff. Yeah, can he protect the ball better? Sure. But he's the reason why we have a chance to win games in every single game that we're in. Listen, if anyone's trying to start the quarterback controversy, the Niners aren't contributing to that conversation. Like, Smalls, that is clear. He's their guy. They're not thinking about Sam Darnold right now. No, they're... And both of them doubled down on that, whether it was Kyle Shanahan or Fred Warner. But I love how he opened that. What do you want me to say? No. That's not him really doubling down and saying that he should have played or that he thinks he was in the right position to play. He's basically saying, you're not going to trap me into saying something bad about my quarterback and my team. But I wonder if the guys in the locker room were surprised that Brock played, even though they feel like he gives them the best chance to win. I mean, I'm surprised because nobody's done that this year. He's the first player to be in concussion protocol and play that next week. Now, the flip side of this... Cincinnati starting to look like Cincinnati again. This was the game, CC, that you had circled as rest Joe Burrow if he's really hurt, get him ready for this. Somehow they got through that with the injuries. He was not the same guy early on as he was yesterday. I'm back. I don't know that I was ever out on Cincinnati, so I'm still in and really in still on Cincinnati. No, I don't know about that. I, I, listen, I, I'm I'm – I'm going to reserve judgment on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, if they played everybody in the NFC West for the rest of their schedule, they'll be fine. They're 4-0 against the NFC West and won a game outside of that division. So I want to see what happens once they start going up against opponents that are familiar with their personnel, familiar with their scheme. I think Joe Burrow being back healthy is huge. Yesterday he was great at being able to use his legs to get out of trouble. He converted 
four first downs with his legs. He rushed for over 40 yards. When you got Joe Burrow being able to manipulate the pocket and step up, and when everybody is covered, being able to sustain drives with his legs, that's when that Bengals offense is going to be at its best. But make no mistake about it, I think yesterday told us more about the 49ers than it did about the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow being healthy is great. That's new information, and maybe we might view them through a slightly different lens, but I'm still wait. I'm in wait-and-see mode with the Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, I think you got to break glass in case of emergency for the 49ers. That's how dire I think the situation is. They got to get guys back healthy and they got to do a hard reset in terms of getting back to what made this team one of the most unstoppable forces in football over the last five weeks, first five weeks. I, I tell you, of all the things said, the one that hits me the most so far today is when you just said factually the Niners are in second place in the NFC West. Not in the NFC. In the NFC West, it's crazy to think that this team, that people are saying no, nobody could beat them. They're invincible. Second place NFC West, sixth place in the NFC, which is just a remarkable thing considering where they were and where they are now. All right, coming up. It was a bad day for QBs yesterday, and one quarterback that we've been defending like crazy may be done for the season. We'll get to that coming up. It's on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Evan Canty and Michelle are Unsportsmanlike. Herc's limping off the field, by the way. Herc uh, looks like he messed up his right ankle. Uh, he, he barely can put any pressure on that right ankle, correct? From about the numbers to the sideline, he just was hopping, holding his right ankle off the ground, not putting any pressure on it. Currently, uh, he's being evaluated and will be uh, into tomorrow. We are fearing an Achilles injury and the severity of that. I do not know at this point, but I know that's what our fear is in the moment, and we'll confirm that as soon as possible. Vikings Radio Network, Kevin O'Connell, the head coach of the Vikings after that on a day in which Kenny Pickett, Tyrod Taylor, Desmond Ritter, Matthew Stafford all banged up, quarterbacks around the league. The most significant injury, unfortunately, is a guy that literally last week on our show, we sat here hyping up the play of Kirk Cousins because our producer... 
Pat Costello was ragging on him, and we said, no, 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 that's not fair. He is hovering around a top 10 QB statistically in his career during the time he was in the league. And yesterday, it looks like, CC that despite a win for the Vikings, Cousins is going to be done for the season. Yeah, yesterday was a lose-lose, even though the Vikings actually won the game for the team. Now, with the easy schedule that they have ahead of them, they're not able to take advantage of it because they don't have a guy that's giving them top 10 quarterback production. Whether or not you want to call him a top 10 quarterback, that's on you. But the production and what he was able to do in terms of moving that offense up and down the field will be sorely missed. And that's a team that has to win because of their offense. Their defense is the complement to it. So... This is going to be a struggle for Minnesota. I'm not quite sure where they go from here when it comes to stabilizing the most important position in all the team sports. But then conversely, when you look at the situation for Kirk Cousins, he's in a contract here, Smalls. Uh, he's 35 years old. You know, you want to see him get the bag again, and this is not going to help matters. Now, if a team that's going to be interested, even if it's the Vikings trying to resign him, it, the contract for Kirk is going to look a little bit different in comparison to what we thought it could be uh, based on how he was playing over the last five games. So I, I just I feel for the team. I feel for those guys in the locker room. But I also feel for the individual Kirk Cousins because this is just an awful, awful injury to have, especially when – you're in the twilight of your prime. Absolutely. I feel <clears throat> excuse me, so badly for Kirk Cousins and for the Vikings who has started to get a pulse and show some signs of life. We were talking about them potentially going on a run here. But I do wonder if this is the last time we see Kirk Cousins in a Vikings uniform. Because with an injury like this, even though he could be ready for the start of next season, are you really going to put your future in Kirk Cousins if you're the Vikings? You're going to have to make a decision. And I know that he is going to have hopefully a full recovery and still be able to come back and play, but they're going to have to figure something out. And they were already kind of on that borderline of whether they were going to bring him back or not. And I just imagine that even though he's been a great leader and a great player for them, that this might be the catalyst that really pushes them in another direction long term. Yeah, their backup is Jaron Hall. If you're not familiar with him, don't worry. Many people are not across the league right now. He is a rookie out of BYU, a fifth-round pick. So they don't have... Currently, the veteran there behind him, Nick Mullins, was that veteran. He's injured. He's not back till next month. And now the questions come up as to what do they do, right? I mean, CeCe, you brought up last week, you thought this team was trending towards becoming a playoff team with the roster as is. So you, they could go a few different ways, right? You could sit there and say, well, Will Levis was unbelievable yesterday for the Titans. Maybe Ryan Tannehill is available. I don't know that you want Ryan Tannehill necessarily. And there's another name that I'll throw out there. I mean, maybe possibly Kyler Murray. I mean, the, the Cardinals have already announced that Joshua Dobbs is going to start next week for them, so they're pushing back that 21-day window in terms of activating him. We all believe that the Arizona Cardinals want one of the young quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, USC, whomever they would draft this year. Maybe a Kyler Murray trade would potentially be in their future in Minnesota, and if that's the case, it probably marks the end of Kirk Cousins' career with Minnesota, and there would be no contract extension. Sure, but how do you make that Kyler Murray trade given the contract and not seeing this guy after he's coming off of a knee reconstruction? Smalls, I don't know that you can justify the cost. I mean, it's not like Kyler Murray is an inexpensive option of a quarterback position. He's still top 10 paid at the position, and you're talking about this guy having a hell of a lot of guaranteed money still remaining on that contract. So I I don't know that you can, in good conscience, decide that you're going to trade for Kyler Murray not having seen him healthy on the football field. Now, I I think it's – I don't think it's – a coincidence, the fact that this guy's returned to practice. I think they were trying to send up the signals out in Arizona that he's healthy and he's, you know, getting closer to being able to play. 
But I don't see a team giving the Cardinals anything consequential in order to get Kyler Murray when you're talking about taking on a huge contract and it's sight unseen. Yeah, I don't know if I'm Minnesota if I'd want to lock myself into that. I don't know if that's the play that I'd want, but they're in a precarious position because they likely need to bring someone in from the outside if they really want to fortify themselves and try and go on a run this season. But they also don't want to hamstring themselves in potentially making another move in the offseason and moving forward. So I don't know if Kyler Murray's the option, but he might be one of the better options options that's out there in the landscape or you just stay as is you just say we drafted Jaron Hall at a BYU for a reason uh-huh. if we're bad we have a higher pick as it is and then we get a young quarterback to pair with Justin Jefferson Jordan Addison they're two great young wide receivers and you just kind of status quo this which is not exciting for anybody because if people listen to our show thank you for doing so you got excited last week when CeCe's hyping you up as a playoff team and you just beat the Packers and you made the Packers look bad and they're in a frenzy as it is with questioning Jordan Love's ability as a quarterback so it, it almost seems like status quo may be the way to go right now yeah but your schedule is so soft though I mean you're on the road I mean you're on the road against the Atlanta Falcons you got the New Orleans Saints on the road against the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears before your bye week. I mean, if you've got competent quarterback play with the weapons that that the Vikings offense has, it, it's hard to not see them being able to win all of those games, right? Like so, I just, with Jaron Hall. I mean, I, I, I'm going to tell you, the truth. No, I know about, nothing I'm, about Jaron Hall. I'm, talk, I'm so. talking about with, with Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah now yeah. what though? But that, that's my point though. Yeah. Like, it's hard to punt on the season when your schedule sets up the way that it does. You got four wins. The NFC, in terms of the wild card picture, is wide open. Like, wh- why would you not take a shot, shoot your shot, and go for it? I think this is where you have to have restraint as a front office, as a, a coaching staff, because you got to have clear eyes when you're looking at this team. You're looking at where you are with your program development. I, I think the the conservative thing to do is to allow Jared Hall to play, and you see how the season ends up. And if you don't get in the playoffs, that's okay. You understand that the future at the quarterback spot is probably going to be in the 2024 draft. If you do get in the playoffs, then maybe Jared Hall might have something that you want to continue to build around. I guess the whole point is, why give away assets right now? Why trade away picks when your team is not close to competing for a championship? Yeah, there's and there's nobody that's obvious, right? As it's it's sadly ironic. Kirk Cousins initially, when Aaron Rodgers went down, felt obvious for the Jets yeah. until they started to develop Zach Wilson a little bit more and until the Vikings started playing well for, um, for with Kirk Cousins there. By the way, the flip side is we saw another quarterback get hurt yesterday, Desmond Ritter. Then he was cleared to come back in, but Taylor Heineke uh, kept playing. Arthur Smith, the head coach of the Falcons, had this to say on the QB change. With Des, you know, needed to get checked out. And then so that's you know why Taylor's here. And so Taylor got in there and got going and – See, as it came on, I mean, felt that was the best thing right then, just the way that it gone. And we're always going to be cautious, and I'll be conservative. Uh, so again, I'll listen to the medical experts, and we'll get some, make sure everything tomorrow, the next day, as we get to the week. That's why. Okay, I don't know who the quarterback is in Atlanta. Do you? Either of you? Yeah, I mean, it, I mean, I'm sure the locker room thinks it's Taylor Heineke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's not a. Like, I don't, I don't know that I'm surprised by this. Taylor Heineke playing better than Desmond Ritter? I've seen Taylor Heineke play well. I've seen Taylor Heineke play well in the playoffs against the Tampa Bay Bucks back in the 2020 uh, postseason. So it's not as if we don't know that Taylor Heineke can play. It's just that the Atlanta Falcons drafted Desmond Ritter and they wanted him to grow into a potential option for their long-term future at the position. 
Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback for this football team right now. We saw when he went in, they scored on four of the first five drives in the second half mm-hmm. with Taylor Heineke as the quarterback. That's why Desmond Ritter didn't come back into the game after he was cleared for a concussion. So I'm not surprised by this. I would go as far to say is if Taylor Heineke is the starting quarterback for the rest of the way, the Falcons going to win the NFC South. Ooh. They're going to win the NFC South. But to be fair, you you and, and I agreed with you. You've been saying this long before the injury yesterday. Man, I'm so not it's surprised. like I don't know, right? I don't know what the controversy is there that they cuz I've seen a lot of Atlanta No, people but 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 here's the controversy. The controversy is Arthur Smith selling to the locker room that Desmond Ritter is going to be the starting quarterback after they saw what we saw yesterday and how that offense operated. And Good luck with that, Arthur Smith. And I'm glad <laughs> you brought up that stupid mustache. And I'm glad you brought up that playoff game. Taylor Heineke played the Bucs that year, the year they won the championship, better than any other quarterback did in the postseason. No doubt. Including Mahomes. Right? No which doubt. Is, which is a crazy thing to say. Coming up, one team had the worst loss of the season yesterday. I think I know which team it was. Somebody over here may not be happy about that. We'll have a pond for the review next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It still reeks of bacon wrapped with bacon with a side of bacon after a long NFL Sunday. I love bacon, but I never actually say it. Bacon just knows. But man, does he have some thoughts. And bacon, this is Upon Further Review with Chris Canty. I think CeCe's got more apples than bacon off of this weekend. Oh, yeah. The wife made a terrific <laughs> apple cobbler yesterday, too, Ooh. by the way. Fresh apples. We Look, got I got the, him smiling. The, the Wait until he talks about this the game. The crisp <laughs> apples from Warwick Valley in New York. Oh, it was great. It was great, Smalls. So that just, sounds delicious. And on a, on a rainy football Sunday. Oh, it was what great. a perfect it was thing great. to eat. Smalls, apple cobbler it was amazing. We need CeCe thinking about apples as he's going through a pond for the review because... <laughs> With the Giants, how about them apples? Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you could save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and Progressive.com. All right, CeCe, what do you got for us? All right, we're going to kick this thing off in the District of Columbia. That's Washington, D.C., where the Eagles were in a dogfight against the Commanders. Now, the Eagles winning the game. That's not breaking news. We expect that even though it's going to be closely contested. The game that was decided in Philly was three points in overtime. So it's not a surprise that these two teams play a close ball game. What is a surprise, and it shouldn't be, is A.J. Brown setting an NFL record for six straight games of 125 receiving yards or more. Now, this is per Peter King and Football Morning in America, so I want to make sure I give him a shout-out. But right now, A.J. Brown is having a better six-game stretch 
than Jerry Rice ever did in his career. What? Think about that. A.J. Brown's last six games were better than any six games that Jerry Rice was consecutively able to put together. Wow. This is wild. So from weeks three through eight, A.J. Brown, 49 catches, 831 yards, 17 yards per catch. Jerry Rice, this is weeks 11 through 16 in 1995, 45 catches, 819 yards, and 18.2 yards per catch. To top it off, uh, five touchdowns for A.J. Brown during that span, including two yesterday. The one that he had in the second quarter where Jalen Hurts throws it to the front pylon and he stabs it with one hand and brings it in, that is just an incredible catch, incredible body control. I mean, he puts it where only his receiver can make a play. But, I mean, A.J. Brown just mossing defensive backs from the Washington Commanders all game long yesterday. Are you ready to say that we have two wide receivers in the MVP candidacy this year? Conversation, excuse me. Yeah, I mean, AJ Brown I, and Tyreek I mean, Hill. I think I don't even think that's a debate. I think the question or the debate starts with which one is in front of the other. Because I can make a case for AJ Brown, and I can make a case for Tyreek Hill. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's how spicy this thing is going to get down the stretch when it comes to those two guys positioning themselves in the MVP conversation, offensive player of the year. Keep it pushing. Texans at Panthers. Okay, so we had a showdown between the top two picks in the NFL draft, that being Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And, of course, Bryce Young, because everybody had that on the bingo card, was able to outduel C.J. in this matchup. Credit to Bryce Young for being able to engineer that last-minute drive, driving his team the length of the field, making game-winning plays, avoiding the sacks, being able to work the ball down into the low red zone, and then, of course, them being able to get the kick for go-ahead points and winning the game as time expired. Eddie Pinheiro, the kicker, didn't miss the layup. He actually made the kick. But I think the headline here is Bryce Young and that Carolina Panthers offense off of a bye week looking more functional looking as good as they've looked all season long. Now, C.J. Stroud played well within his own right, but again, I think it's about both of these young quarterbacks being able to find their footing and being able to establish that they are going to be good quarterbacks in the National Football League. As a result of that win, we now have no winless teams and no undefeated teams through eight weeks. There you go. There you go. And then, of course, for good measure, we got to throw out Will Levis, too, because he also earned his first career win as a starter in the National Football League. Four tutties for Will Levis. Unbelievable debut. Known debut. before yesterday for yeah. coffee and mayo. And yeah. if you're watching on ESPN2, somebody may do that in her Oilers jersey by the yeah. end of the show. And here's the other crazy nugget that I got. Okay, so Will Levis marked the seventh rookie quarterback to start this season. That's the most rookies to start through the first eight weeks of the NFL season since the merger. Oof. So quarterbacks playing early, starting to be a little bit of a theme around the league. And we're probably going to have a ninth next week with Jaron Hall. There you go. Probably. I, I don't go. know for sure. With there the you go. There you go. So we'll see about that. All right. Next. Jets at Giants. Oh, yeah. All right, sit back, Smalls. <laughs> Here we go. Here oh, we yes. Go. The, the, go. Game, the game I'm that relaxing. set football back to the <laughs> 1950s. That was brutal. We can't, we can't say this very often, but this game had more punts than points. Let me say that again. The game featured more punts than points. More In the first half, the two teams combined – to be 0 of 18 on third downs. 0 of 18, 24 points, 23, I mean, 24 punts, 23 points. It was absolutely abysmal watching this football game. And leave it to the Giants at the end of this thing. 
to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. After Kayvon Thibodeau got the sack on Zach Wilson on fourth down, Zach Wilson, I don't know why he didn't throw the ball inexplicably. It's fourth down. But after that sack, you just knew that the Giants were going to win that game, right? Right? I mean, have an opportunity to work work the clock down to, what, 28 seconds? And then Graham Gano has an opportunity to kick a field goal and make it a six-point lead. I didn't think that Graham Gano was going to blow a 35-yard kick, but I shouldn't be surprised because he blew a 46-yard kick in the first half. Graham Gano, the guy that's the scapegoat for that game, everybody wants to blame Brian Daybol for how bad Tommy DeVito was in that game, and maybe it's rightfully so because Tommy DeVito didn't get any steps with the first-team offense. You might want to have your back quarterback prepared if and when he's got to go into a game because guess what the Giants didn't complete a pass in the second half oh, not one I know. Uh, they got one in overtime but not one in the second it was absolutely abysmal the style of football that was played yesterday but the Jets found a way to win ugly and if it was going to be a close game going into it I would tell you that the Jets would find a way to win it's just frustrating as a former Giant that it was that close and that we had the win and we found a way to lose that game. That was an absolutely brutal football game. I'm watching that yesterday being like, do I hate myself? Why am I forcing myself to watch this game? But um, I was excited to see the Illinois product, Tommy DeVito, get a shot. But I can't believe that he didn't get any reps in practice. I mean, that just seems like something that you would always do anyway. But especially this year when we're seeing so many quarterback injuries, why wouldn't you want your backup to be prepared? I can't understand it. All right, so let's let's rank, if we could, CC. Your frustration here. Fourth and one, they kick a field, or they, you know, down and one, they kick a field goal late with what, 17 seconds to go, 27 seconds to go, whatever it was in that game, where the Giants could have run the ball one time for one yard (laughs) to end the game, and they don't. Was it that they didn't kick off in overtime? Mike Tannenbaum came on ESPN last night and said they should have kicked off in overtime, giving the Jets the ball. What what part, was it not giving Tommy DeVito the snaps during the week as he was the backup quarterback? What bothered former Giant Chris Canty the most about this yesterday? First of all, the Mike Tannenbaum take is absurd. Like, like kicking off in overtime, you don't, you don't do that. Like, I, I get it. It's like your offense can't move the ball. Maybe you play the field position game. But hindsight is twenty twenty because guess what? If the Jets get the ball and they go down and score a touchdown, everybody would kill Coach Brian Dayball today for not taking the ball in, in overtime. So you don't do that. You win the coin toss, you take the ball in overtime because you got a chance to end the game with a touchdown. That's just what you do. Now, when it comes to the Tommy DeVito of it all, if he's your backup quarterback, if he's on your roster, then he's got to be able to throw the football. You can't play offense in the NFL without throwing the football. And you saw the Jets defenders, the safeties were crowding the line of scrimmage. There was nowhere for Saquon to run, even though Saquon had a productive day um, based on the kind of looks that he was facing. There's just no way that your offense is going to be able to move the ball if there's not the threat of throwing the ball down the field. So that is on Brian Dable. That's not on anybody else. Him and Mike Kafka have to do a better job of making sure the backup quarterback is ready. I get that you wanted to get Daniel Jones some snaps, work him back in because he's getting close to being able to return, but you also got to make sure that you have a viable option if and when Tyrod Taylor potentially gets knocked out of that game. So now it's a question of where do the Giants go from here? Is it going to be the Daniel Jones show in week nine? Or is it going to be more Tommy DeVito? I mean, it doesn't sound like Tyrod Taylor is going to be available. They had to rush him off to the hospital because of a rib injury. So I I just don't know how you allow the offense to be put in that position, your team to be put in that position when you're the head coach and you have a quarterback that you don't trust to throw the football. 
I think they should trade Saquon Barkley today because they traded him yesterday. If you're at fourth and one of the Jets' 17-yard line, you're up three points with 28 seconds to go, and this has been a defensive struggle, and you're not going to give that man the football to run one yard, don't, he's not your franchise player. I'm sorry. He is not. I, I watched the Dolphins' Pats a ton yesterday. The amount of times in tricky spots, which ultimately none of them ended up being tricky because the D- Dolphins killed them, but the Dolphins went and just said, Tyree Kill, you're awesome. You're the guy that CeCe says is the best non-quarterback in the league. We're going to give you the ball, and you're going to figure it out from there. They did it over and over and over again. If you have fourth and one, and the worst-case scenario is down three, Zach Wilson has the ball at his own 17-yard line, you're not going to give Saquon Barkley the ball? You traded him yesterday. You might as well trade him today. And you know the tough part about yesterday? Your defense played really, really well. They played but really, But the coach really, didn't trust him, CC. obviously. But, but, but I guess my point. crazy. Well, I don't think the coach didn't trust him by not putting him on the field first in overtime. I disagree with that. No, but, no, no, no. At the end of the game, I'm saying if they have a oh, fouled, yeah, yeah. Uh, failed fourth down, who yeah. cares? Well, well, here's the thing. They, I'd rather them drive the ball from the 17-yard line exactly. than, to start, than to start to where they started from. I mean, when 100%. you spot it back at the th- – like, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you on that front. But I guess, I guess my whole point is this. Tavon Thibodeau had three sacks yesterday in turnover early on that led to points for the Giants, point blank scoring opportunity. Your defense played really well. You won the turnover battle two to nothing. You got to find a way to win that game. You've got to find a way to win that game. And I don't know how Brian Dabo looks at those guys on the defensive side of the ball and says, I did everything I could to help capitalize on the performance that you guys had. You, You just can't say that because your quarterback, Tommy DeVito, didn't throw the football, or you couldn't trust him to throw the football. Either way, Brian Dabo and Graham Gano let that defense down. It was a damn shame what happened or with the other two phases of the Giants team yesterday because the defense played so well. The defense for the New York Giants outplayed the defense for the New York Jets. How many games, how many, how many matchups can we say that about that defense? That, that's the part that's absolutely awful to me. Let's, awful. Let's ride. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C 
ebikes.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Close one in the back of the end zone. He's got Judy. Judy runs in and he's a touchdown. Denver. Jerry's first touchdown reception of the year. That ball is intercepted. Justin Simmons. Simmons in Kansas City territory. Get out of bounds, Justin. Five Kansas City turnovers in the game. Wasn't good enough, obviously, the turnovers, but just in the execution in general. They do a good job against us with their defense, but we got to execute at a high enough level, and we clearly haven't done it in the two games we played against them. Broncos, Chiefs, Radio Networks. Patrick Mahomes after that. It is on Sportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. What? Denver won yesterday 24-9? The Chiefs turned the ball over five times. Patrick Mahomes suffered his first loss ever on the road against an AFC West team. He was 16-0 prior to that. Speaking of the number 16, the Broncos had lost 16 games in a row to the Kansas City Chiefs. The only person that I know that kind of picked the Broncos to win is Michelle Smallman, and I say kind of. Well, I picked them as my upside game of the week, but I couldn't 100% (laughs) choose them because it feels foolish to A, ever bet against Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, and B, to do it versus the Denver Broncos, who haven't been having a great season. But I smelled this coming. You guys both looked at me like I was bananas (laughs) for even, even suggesting that the Denver Broncos could beat the Kansas City Chiefs, but... It was 19-8 two weeks ago, and Denver played them really tough. Then they beat the Green Bay Packers, and the Chiefs, while winning games, have just felt vulnerable to me. And I had a feeling that Denver was picking up a little bit of momentum and the familiarity of seeing them just two weeks ago and playing them them tough. I picked it up as my upside game of the week. I should have gone all the way in and called for the upside. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me just clarify what you're saying. You picked it as your upside game of the week with the upside app. You didn't pick it as the upset. And we sat sat here, and we said, you just pick it pick it as the upset you said no i can't no, do it doing that. and i texted smalls yesterday <laughs> and i'm like you should have picked the upset i know i know you were ki- i wanted you to were so kind badly. of right i wanted to so badly but do you you don't bet against tiger woods in his prime you don't bet against jordan you don't bet against patrick mahomes and andy reed when they're going against a team like the denver broncos that we've seen this year so i was wrong because i i felt it percolating and i should have gone all in this one didn't really surprise me. Okay, side note on this, CeCe, before we get into, or just a second, before we get into Denver and Kansas City, Pat Costello, our producer, is a big Eagles fan and gets annoyed when the Eagles win by like one or two or a close game. They <laughs> yeah, come back. Yeah. You know what? Enough. Because look what happened yesterday to San Francisco. They lost. And look what happened to Kansas City. They lost. So the Eagles' bad games, they still win. I don't want to hear the Eagles fans complaining on a side note, but are we, are we supposed to be worried about Kansas City right now? No. How many games are Kansas City going to have when they have five turnovers? And Zero Pat Mahomes or one. Has, that was the and one. Pat, and Pat yeah. Mahomes has three. Like, like It's not going to happen. That's an outlier. And for a team to lose the turnover battle by four by four turnovers, I, 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 I'm i easily to dismiss this as an outlier situation. Now, I will credit the Denver Broncos for capitalizing off of said turnovers. They did a good job of turning takeaways into points. I think that's something that you have to do, having that urgency against the Kansas City Chiefs, because you just don't know Pat Mahomes and that group. They're never really out of it. Um, so I think that that was a big thing. But then also you saw a couple of big plays in the passing game that they were able to hit. Now, I will say this. 
Yesterday's game marks four straight games where Russell Wilson is under 200 yards passing. The Broncos ran the ball 40 times for a buck 50. Sean Payton is taking it out of Russell Wilson's hands. He's not going to let Russell Wilson lose the game for him. And it feels like that's the formula that they're going to ride with, pun intended, for success <laughs> endeavor. It's less Russell Wilson, less of letting Russ cook, and more about playing really good uh, defense, which is crazy to say given how they started the season, yeah. and then being able to run the football. I think that's who they have to be in order to have success with Russell Wilson as their quarterback because it's clear that Russ and Sean aren't a match made in heaven when it comes to st- um, the style of play that they want to play. So he's making in the sous chef. Sean Payton is cooking Something like and that. he's, he's Something making like Russ that. the sous chef. Something like that. I, he might be in front of the house. <laughs> he might be putting put him as the maid of the he, he might be in front of the house. So – Counter to that for a second. What's up? Maybe they are working by reestablishing roles. By saying, Russ, here's the role I'd like you to play on this team. Because in that run first, defense, special teams first situation, he has a 4-1 to touchdown to interception ratio. He's more efficient. He's throwing the ball less. But he is throwing for touchdowns. And he doesn't seem to be complaining at all in any way, shape, or form. So while you may not want to pay a quarterback that much money to be a complimentary player... Being a complimentary player at this point in his career may be the right move for Russell Wilson, and he's actually looked pretty good in that role. Yeah, you I just mean, don't want to pay him that much money to do that. I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think you can survive and win at the highest levels in this league with your quarterback in that particular role where he's just a game manager making $48.5 million a year. They're, they're going to move on from Russell Wilson after this season is over with. I, I don't think this materially changes anything about Russ's future endeavor, but what I do think is that – this makes it, you know, a, a situation where Sean can get the culture turned around with that program because there's only so much preaching a head coach can do without having tangible evidence that what he's talking about actually works. Mm-hmm. The fact that they've been able to come away with, you know, a couple of wins over the last few weeks is a huge get for Sean in terms of establishing his program, his overall development of the program in Denver. I don't think it changes what Russell Wilson's future in Denver actually is going to be. Well, Russ is still believing. Let's hear from the QB postgame. We've got a lot more season left. We have been saying to you guys it's a process, it's a journey, but we believe. We believe in in who we are. We believe in um, the players that we have. We believe in coaching staff that we have. We believe in the determination and resilience that we have. Um, We believe in just um, this organization and where we can go and what we can do, and we're going to stay the course. All right, I counted six believes in 19 seconds. Wow. That tells you something. You know what that tells you? He believes. <laughs> six believes in 19. Like, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're also not going to be a complete embarrassment or joke this year. I think that's – and now they had the worst loss, arguably, of the season, although I think CeCe would argue it was Giants <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. But you oh. give up 70 points to the Dolphins. That was horrible. I don't know. The Bills losing to the Jets after they lose Aaron Rodgers, I think, is That's a good one, too. That's a bad loss. All right, so let me me rephrase it, Smalls. Then maybe the Broncos had the most embarrassing loss? Maybe. maybe. Yeah, you let somebody hang 70 on you. That's That's pretty damn bad. That's embarrassing. embarrassing. But they don't feel like that team anymore. Now, after today and tomorrow, it could be a different story. They could say, hey, you know what? Let's start to sell high on some guys. Pat Sertan, let's put out there, like, we want the Jalen Ramsey package of two first-rounders. Jerry Judy contributed yesterday, wide receiver. Like, they could alter things immediately, but they are not going to be an embarrassment this year. And I think what they're going to be is year one of the Sean Payton plan and development, which initially it was like, why did you hire this guy? And now it's like, okay, yeah, there's going to be some bumps in the road to get there. Yeah. And that's okay. I, I mean, I guess that's the point, but it's more and more looking like a Sean Payton coach team. Remember when they won the Super Bowl in New Orleans? They were t- 
opportunistic on defense, taking the ball away, and they ran the hell out of the football, even though Drew Brees was the front man. Nine takeaways over the last four games. Last four games, also over 100 yards rushing in each of them. So that's the formula for success for the Denver Broncos. Coming up, we may do something that no one ever does. Give the Dallas Cowboys credit for something. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.